Ivana, that was beautiful. Let's give her another praise offering. That was beautiful. Well, good morning, New Life at Calvary. And good morning to our family and friends that are joining us online. Praise God. Good morning. Again, my name is Felicia Earl, and I am one of the lay pastors here. The title for today's message is, Who's Your Hero? So for those of you that know me well, you know I enjoy going to the movies. I especially enjoy action movies. You know, the ones that show good versus evil with amazing, crazy action. In 2018, Black Panther was released. Wow. I was so excited to see this movie. After my first viewing, I bought a Black Panther shirt and I wore it to work. And to make it look a little bit more professional, I had a black skirt on. Man, the students in my building acknowledged my shirt the whole day. And I mean the whole day. Some yelled, Wakanda forever! Or I love your Black Panther shirt, Miss Earl. I saw students display the Wakanda forever salute, which has become a symbol of se to celebrate black excellence all over the halls, classrooms, and the playground. Ah, such pride. <laughs> now, my coworkers, who are predominantly white, they asked, why am I so excited about this movie? I shared with them that as a child, I always enjoyed going to the movies, but I did not see black superheroes. To go to the big screen and see a black superhero meant something to me. I saw my color saving the world. So today, during this global pandemic, I'd like to take a moment to say thank you. Thank you to all of those who leave their homes to keep us safe in ours. They are today's superheroes during this unbelievable pandemic, amen? amen. You know, we as Christians, we know of an ultimate hero. His name is Jesus. He alone can solve the ultimate problems that come into our lives and into our world. Today, we're going to take a closer look at the most famous and often used Psalm 23. We will be reminded of how Jesus is here to save us. Before we continue, let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for another opportunity to grow closer to you. Thank you for your many blessings this past week. We pray that you open our hearts and minds to your word this morning. It's in the awesome name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Now David, the writer of the Psalms, has been described in the Bible as a man after God's own heart. He wrote 73 Psalms that have been recorded, beloved, and sung for 3,000 years. He designed the structure of the first temple under God's direction. He was a king who unified his country, a military leader, a musician who played the harp, and he made musical instruments, but most importantly, he was a sheep. That's right, I said sheep, and so are we. Psalm 23 was the first scripture passage I learned to memorize by heart as a child. It's in this passage I believe we find a constructive, God-honoring way that we can respond to current anxiety and fear in our lives. 
Psalm 23, verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lay down in green pastures. This is rest. The COVID-19 virus pandemic has definitely given us, many of us, time to rest. If you think about it, being quarantined has given us time that we ordinarily would not have had in the busyness of life. When you're forced to stay in, you're not as busy, you aren't moving so much or so fast. A perfect example of rest comes to mind. So, for those of you who have gone to college, you know you always need a little extra money, amen? <laughs> I can remember that in one of my part-time jobs in college, I was a teacher for the three-year-olds at a daycare on the west side. Talk about moving and moving fast at times. I was Miss Palisha. <laughs> I actually had fun there with the very little people. Man, we'd have time for learning, for snacks, for reading stories, playing outside. Our day was all scheduled out. But one time today that some of the children did not like was nap time. We'd hear, I'm not tired. I don't wanna lay down. And just when you had everybody all quiet and laying down on their cots, somebody would pass gas real loud to make those who hadn't fallen asleep yet laugh. Now, those of us as teachers, we knew those children needed the naps. We needed the naps, praise God. <laughs> the children always had a better afternoon with rest. Friends, sometimes we need a rest. I think the quarantine has given us this unwelcome opportunity. David goes on to say, he restores my soul. We need this same restoration God, I believe, is giving us our lives back. You know, life at times can be very draining. We've got financial issues, relationship issues, politics, work, health issues, fear about the coronavirus, fear about going back out in the coronavirus, remembering to wear a mask, risking not wearing a mask. Stuff comes at you from every single direction sometimes, and this stuff, Sometimes it seems like it just sucks the life right out of you. Psalm 23, verse 2 says, He leads me beside still waters. I believe we're being led by still waters so that we can refocus. Everyone say refocus. As we all know, there are varying kinds of pain, physical, financial, and mental. One of the worst pains is spiritual. In this psalm, David is speaking about spiritual pain. David saw a genuine need for his soul to be restored. Are you aware of that kind of need in your life? You know, in recent months, there were a couple of times where I broke down. I don't do that that often, praise God. I tend to try and stay focused on Jesus when challenges and difficulties arise and I try very, very hard to respond in a way that Christ would be pleased with. As it happens to be, I'm not on any social media, but I guess today, technically I am, since I'm sharing God's word with you. But anyhow, I happened to see an article about a murder caught on video. 
Now, most of my family and friends know to send me a leak or an attachment to bring something to my attention. If they don't, the chances are very good I'll never see it or hear about it. But in this particular case, I decided to look for the video. I found it. I still have not seen the video in its entirety. My spirit, my heart could not take it. My heart was broken, broken. I mean, I saw enough to knew where it was going. I broke down. I was flooded with lots of emotions, a lot of thoughts. In that time, Jesus was the only source of comfort for me, praise God. Jesus and the Word of God are the only things to calm my spirit and to help me to refocus and put things in perspective enough to think of what's going to happen next. In my tears while praying, the Holy Spirit reminded me that God will do what he promised to do. God reminded me that he'll be with me, he will give me peace, he'll be my strength, he will provide for me, he will answer me, he will always, always love me. I imagine some of you, if not all, have had to seek the Lord for next steps as well. Amen? Back to David. Again, I believe he's speaking about spiritual needs. I believe the Lord during this time wants to restore us spiritually. I have found that I want to seek Jesus for the hope that I need. I naturally turn to Jesus for peace, comfort, and hope. Because the Lord is our good shepherd, we will not want. We will not go lacking. Now, imagine with me, if you will, a couple of pure, ordinary sheep in a pen. And then all of a sudden, a pack of mean, hungry-looking wolves descend on the scene. It's not looking good for our poor little sheep. But then there's the Good Shepherd. Everyone say, the Good Shepherd. Going on the attack at great risk to himself to beat back the wolves. John chapter 10, verse 11 says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Praise God. In the midst of all the issues, I realize now how important it is to have Jesus in my life, to have this shepherd. I don't have the answers. The world doesn't have the answers. God has the answers. Let's continue reading Psalm 23. Verse 3, David says, He guides me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. The paths of rightness. God directs us to where we should go. Hopefully we're paying attention, amen? <laughs> Today, most of our phones and cars have GPS systems. They are so cool. They not only will take you where you want to go, but if you miss a turn or leave the route to make a stop for food or gas, it will recalibrate, meaning it will come up with alternate directions so that you can arrive at your set destination. Now, I can barely remember reading maps or writing down map quest directions since GPS. Uh, you young folks have no clue what those are. It's okay. In John's Gospel, Jesus makes the bold declaration, I am the Good Shepherd. Friends, if Jesus is our shepherd, we need him to recalibrate us. Yes, I said us. 
How many of us misspoke this week? How many of us missed God? How many of us was disobedient in thought or deed? Help us, Lord. As our shepherd, Jesus knows where we need correction. As we are in relation to him as our personal savior, he knows where and how we need to be turned around. He wants to be the one directing and guiding our steps. Um, I can remember once I was on vacation coming back from Aruba to Florida. To make our connecting flight from Florida to Cleveland, we needed to take a different flight than the one that we were booked on. Our airline changed the schedule. We had no clue about this change. But we heard our full names repeated over the airport speakers to report to an area for important information. Praise God, friends. God knows my name, and he knows your name. He knows how to get us to where we need to be to get back on track when we are off. After declaring himself to be the good shepherd, Jesus says, I know my sheep, and my sheep know me. I have to ask, where are you getting your directions, your instructions? From this secular world? From your friends? From yourself? The Bible cautions us to not lean on our own understanding. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. So what does this kind of trust look like? Trust is a heart decision, a willful surrender of all of your heart, just like Ivana saying a little while ago. The greatest threat to trusting God is our own understanding, how we see things or how we have experienced life before. Once our mind starts to process and determine our steps, we can get distracted, taking exits, wandering down detours. But once we trust God, we can relax, we can take a breath, and truly say, God's got this. Amen? It's a freeing admission of God's love and strength. Let's continue with Psalm 23, verse 4. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, which symbolically means darkness, dangerous, difficult time, I will fear no evil because you are with me. I hope you didn't miss that. God is with us. Here, David shifts his focus but doesn't deny the reality of the situation. We can do the same. Perhaps you're going through a loss or you're in a place of anguish or maybe you're just plain scared. That emotional instability is very uncomfortable. I imagine many have current fears about what's happening now. Am I going to get the virus? Is my family going to get the virus? How am I going to pay this bill? Many of us have fears about the future. Will I be able to find a new job to make ends meet? What am I going to do when my insurance runs out? When will I feel ready to come back to church? What is school going to look like in the fall is a big one for me. Our feelings are real and undeniable at times. 
Sometimes feelings just come and you just go through things and thoughts that you didn't expect. That's normal. I try hard to keep them in perspective. Feel them, but keep the word of God as a guiding filter. It's a process. I choose to shift my focus. I choose not to focus on my fears, but instead to focus on God and his promises. I read the word of God daily. I try to let it be the soundtrack of my life. But you know, I can't trust God's promises unless I know them. Amen? In preparing today's message, I came across five promises of God that I thought were so encouraging. The first one is, God is always with me. I will not fear. Say, God is always with me. As we have been discussing, fear can be debilitating, and the Bible repeatedly addresses the problem of fear. God wants us to replace fear with faith, because throughout the Bible, we see that God is always with his people, defending them and helping them. Genesis 28:15 says, I am with you and will watch over you wherever you go. I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. Promise number two. God is always in control. I will not doubt. Say, God is always in control. Christians should not doubt, but I know we do. Help us, Lord. Instead, we are to live and believe God's promises. He is sovereign. Thankfully, God is not offended by our questions, but he wants us to test his promises as he proves himself to be true. He does not fail. As Christians, we can be confident that God has won the final victory and is in control of everything. God has incomparable great power. There is nothing too difficult for him. Promise number three, God is always good. I will not despair. Say, God is always good. Having faith in the ultimate goodness of God can keep us from despair. Rejoicing in God's goodness drives out evil that's in our hearts. God's promises become more meaningful in times of difficulty when reassurance is needed, like right now. Amen? God's promises are activated by faith. Being in the valley of the shadow of death does not mean that God is not good. It's important to remember that God walks in the valley with us. Praise God. Promise number four. God is always watching. I will not falter. Say, God is always watching. Faltering means losing faith, giving in to temptation, or just simply giving up on life. As believers, we are to have faith in God in the midst of the problems. God may not take our problems away, but he will help us get through them. I have found, too, that during difficult times, God is growing and developing character. I may not like it. I may not want it, <laughs> but he knows what I need and what you need to become more like him. We are never beyond his view. And the last promise, promise number five, God
God is always victorious. I will not fail. Say, God is always victorious. If we look at our lives as believers in Jesus Christ, we know the end result. Amen? When we put our problems and our struggles in perspective in terms of the final outcome, we know that God has the victory and all will be well with us. We will be with him forever at the end of this life as we know it. The hope that we have as believers is complete, complete assurance of certain victory through Jesus. This complete certainty comes to us through the Holy Spirit who is working in us. Praise God. Now, be going, before going back to Psalm 23, I believe that people who believe God's promises, the ones that we just talked about, will experience greater blessings in their lives. I, I truly do. So I hope you think about those five again later sometime today and let that marinate in your heart. Psalm 23, verse 5. He prepares a table in the presence of my enemies. That means that he will provide physically. God has a way to provide when you and I don't see a way, amen? He has a way to meet our needs, sometimes by using other people. Maybe it was the stimulus check that helped you make it through. I know I found mine to be an unexpected blessing, and Lord willing, we will all get another one <laughs> soon. <laughs> I don't know how the Lord will do for you, but if the Lord is your shepherd, David says the Lord is able to prepare a table for us. In Psalm 28, verse 7, it says, The Lord is my strength, my shield, and my help. What does it look like to find strength in God? Here again, David has asked God to protect him from his enemies. Friends, Jesus is our ultimate strength and shield. Remind yourself that Jesus died to shield us from the punishment that we truly deserve. His strength to rise from the dead is in you and me. This same strength, the Holy Spirit, helps us. You can trust in Jesus' death and resurrection. Reflect on that. Then you and I, like David, will find our hearts fleeting from evil. My heart trusts in God and my heart worships Jesus. Psalm 23, verse 6. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Here, the Lord is talking about our lives today and our eternal future. God is good all the time and all the time. That's promise number three that we talked about a little while ago. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23 says, Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm, for God can be trusted to keep his promises. Today, I encourage you to look for his goodness in the pain. Today, I'm hopeful about the overdue changes that are coming that will help to ensure equal treatment for all of God's children. Jesus came for all of humanity and loves all of us. He's the good shepherd who laid down his life by dying on the cross for all. 
If we're going to see permanent change, we need to take this message into our schools, into our communities. Do we really mean it when we say that we are to reach the world for Christ? Do we really mean that? Do we really mean it when we, are to, when we say we are to love others? You know, hopefully these changes for the better will happen in the way that we teach our children in schools. You know, the teacher and me, I've got to put my plug in there. Proverbs 18.10 says, The name of the Lord is a strong fortress. The godly run to him and are safe. In our lives, when our world begins to shake or when we are over, overwhelmed by uncertainties, we run. Don't run to the ever-changing opinions of people. Don't run to the methods and solutions of the world. They are not stable or secure. Run to the good shepherd who wants to lead and guide your life. Run to God. Sometimes, you know, you just have to rise above what you hear and what you see and keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. The Bible tells us the name of the Lord is a strong fortress. The name of God in the Bible reveals God's character. He's almighty, powerful, present, faithful, strong, holy. I want to encourage you today that when your world is shaking to run to God in prayer, run to God in worship, run to a name and character that is strong, reliable, and secure, amen? God is the answer to every question. He truly is. So, are you hopeful today? I am. Hope is the expectation about a better future. Hope is looking for tomorrow being better than yesterday or today. Someone asked Jesus once, what is the greatest commandment? Jesus responded by saying, the greatest commandment is you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, and all your strength. The second commandment is to love your neighbor as yourself. That's Matthew chapter 22, verses 37 through 39. I encourage everyone to make sure that you are right with God yourself. Make sure that you're right in your relationships and how you treat others. This pleases God. Remember, there's but one shepherd who is leading all of his sheep. 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 11 says, Finally, dear brothers and sisters, rejoice. Aim for restoration. Comfort one another. Agree with one another. Live in peace. And the God of love and peace will be with you. Friends, again, let's examine ourselves, examine our hearts, and make sure that we are right with Jesus Christ first. Then we can better relate to others, especially those that are different from us. Today, why not try to get to learn somebody different? Why not? That's how you learn and that's how you grow. We all have experiences that naturally shape our views and our perspectives. But when you listen to and try to understand others that are different from you, this can lead to empathy. Empathy is the ability to understand and share the feelings of others. 
What does it look like? Acknowledging your pain, sharing how you feel, showing interest, being encouraging, being supportive, and showing gratitude when others open up and share their thoughts with you. In such a divisive time, I think we all could use a little more empathy in our actions. Amen? Amen. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 24 says, Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. Friends, we can do this. Say, we can do this. Today, I have addressed you all as though you're believers and followers of Jesus Christ. Yet, I must ask, is the Lord your personal Savior, your personal shepherd? Do you know him and his word? If not, why not right now invite Jesus into your life and accept him as your Lord and Savior? Take the first step and tell the Lord that you are a sinner and ask him for forgiveness. And then tell him you accept him into your life and you desire for him to be the shepherd who is leading and guiding your life. Surrender your life daily to the Lord and let him lead. Also, it's important to pray for God's Holy Spirit to lead and guide you in your steps to follow the good shepherd. Pray with great anticipation and trust that God will do what he has promised according to his holy scriptures. And when your prayers and mine are not answered right away or in the way that we want, don't lose heart. Believe and trust that God is working out all of the details that we are unaware of. He knows what's best. Know that life will not be perfect, but know that we as followers of Jesus will never, ever have to go it alone. In closing, one of the things we admire about heroes is that they are willing to sacrifice themselves in order to save others. Jesus, the good shepherd, who laid down his life for us, is my ultimate hero. The opportunity to know his love for you and for me in a greater way is what I'm living for. What about you? Let us pray. Good and gracious God, we thank you for your son, Jesus. We thank you for your holy word. We thank you for your Holy Spirit living in us. We love you today. We pray that all of us are drawn closer to you and that as we move forward, you continue to lead and guide us. May you use us to be a blessing to someone else. Use us for your will, your plan, and your purposes. It's in the awesome name of Jesus Christ we pray. Amen and amen.